Welcome into another edition of Sean Matthews Podcast. We have our co-host back again, Joe Thurman. How you doing today, Joe? Not bad, Sean. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty well. I actually just got back from the movies. Um, saw a movie called The Fablemans. It's uh, directed by Steven Spielberg. Uh, it's based loosely on his life. It's an autobiography. Um, I, I got to say, this movie was phenomenal. It was amazing. Um, so many... It's just a really well-made movie, and and I have so many questions because I'm like, what did this really happen to Spielberg, and what happened to Spielberg, and how how loosely was it based on his life? But I thoroughly enjoyed that movie. It was a coming of age story. Um, I'm frustrated because it's not playing. It's, they say it's supposed to be released in the whole world. It's supposed to be worldwide, all theaters, uh, at least in the United States uh, domestically. But it wasn't in the AMC in Princeton, um, so I had to drive to Pennsylvania to see it. And, oh, and uh, Pennsylvania, it sounds crazy. I drove to another state, but it's really almost the same distance as, as the Princeton Theater. But That's true. We say, are on the edge. Yeah. I, I can't figure out why it's not in the AMC in Princeton because there's there's a lot of older movies in that theater. There's new, there's all the new ones too, but they have older movies that you know shouldn't be in theaters anymore. I don't know if they have a contract obligation to the movies that are in theaters now, but the Fablemans should absolutely be in that theater. I'm not sure why it's not. I have to look at other AMC theaters to see if it's not in all the AMCs, but AMC, if you're listening, if anybody from AMC hears this, please get the Fablemans in all your theaters. It was a great movie. Um, Fableman, not, huh? I'm going to have to check it out. The Fablemans, yeah. So instead of it being called, called the Spielbergs, he called it the Fablemans. Mm-hmm. It's about a Jewish family. It's basically about, about him as a young filmmaker and how he gets into filmmaking. It's a coming-of-age story. Um, it's very, honestly, very, very good movie. I walked out just smiling, just very happy. Now, did he grow up in New York City? I, to be honest with you, I don't know a ton about Steven Spielberg. I don't know a lot about him. I just know he's a phenomenal filmmaker and director. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know the area. But um, in this movie, he grows up in pretty much in Arizona on the West Coast. And then he uh-huh. ends up in Los Angeles. So, this, this takes – so, you know, that's, that's where questions come in, right? It's like, you know, did he grow up on the West Coast and how loosely based is it? Yeah, um, I always pictured him as growing up as a little Jewish kid in, in you know, in New York City. And, you know, and, and you know, that's just what I pictured. I don't, you know, but there you go. That's yeah, one of the reasons why. I'm in the movie, they, the dad, the dad's kind of like a scientist. Um, he's very intelligent. So I don't know if Steven, Steven Spielberg's dad um, is a scientist too or was a scientist. Uh, but they do a lot of moving. So I don't remember in the very beginning where they were living, but no, the majority of his life in this movie was adolescence um, was, uh, was basically in Arizona. Uh, okay. But while we're on the topic of movies, I guess, I guess why not? Cause this, we opened the show with it. Um, we did this last show and I really enjoyed the segment. Um, today we're going to put a spotlight on Edward Norton. Um, Joe really likes the actor Edward Norton. Um, and I guess just jump right into it. What are your top five Ed- Edward Norton movies, Joe? Okay, well, I'm just say what spurred my my idea because uh, th- these aren't necessarily like last week we did Pacino and, and for, you know me my all time favorite is uh, my all time favorite is Robert De Niro and I'm going to save that for some other week and we're not necessarily going to do this every week but I saw a little commercial for something called Glass Onion and it's based on the Knives Out movie and Edward Norton I saw Edward Norton I said yeah I love that actor he does a lot of different things I said I said this week I'm going to have him as my subject so I'm going to do the and, and you know we're not going to spend a ton of time on each one but i'm just going to give you my top five edward norton one of our best act actors in this quarter of the century top five right number five the illusionist i thought was pretty clever pretty neat um it was it was um something that i it's been a while since i've seen it but i do remember enjoying that one um number four this one was really cool and it was different spike lee did this one it's called the 25th hour it was, uh, about it, was a, it was a great movie yeah it was about a guy that got in trouble and and he was sentenced to jail and and it was about his last day before going in and everything he went through the torment he went through and so forth and it was different and with anything spike lee does is, is pretty cool all right number three i liked it because it showed uh edward's versatility it also had some subject matter that was um as someone who hates hate i don't hate anything the only thing i hate is hate itself and in the movie american history x he plays a fella who was a white supremacist and that's that's an awesome movie he does he he has a come to jesus type of moment and 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 
how about the scene where the curb stomping? Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, it's full of, and, and it's full of some really neat scenes and stuff. And I just love the fact that he, 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 he changes his viewpoints and then he tries to change the viewpoint of his younger brother. It's just really, it's just real. That's really a tremendous movie. The next one down, there's two left. And my number one is going to surprise some people because people might say, which one? But number two is the fight club. Of course, everyone's seen the fight club, you know? There are two rules to Fight Club. You know, the, everyone's seen the Fight Club, and it, it, that was that was pretty cool. My number one Edward Norton movie, and I think it may be one of his first that put him on the map, but some of the finest acting I've ever seen. He's in a movie with Richard Gere and Primal uh, Fear. Laura Linney, Primal Fear. And he, I get chills down my spine when I see that every time I see it. I, I'm not even going to ruin it. I'm not even going to spoil it for people because I think there's a, there's a large faction of folks who may not even have seen that. It's called Primal Fear. He plays I a actually, character. Yeah. I don't want to interrupt you. You continue mm-hmm. talking after I just make this point. Um, no problem. Not really a point, but uh, I rented Primal Fear uh, from Blockbuster. Um, wait, it had been out for a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. Then I rented it from Blockbuster. So I just clearly remember renting that movie from Blockbuster because my best friend worked at Blockbuster. My best friend, Matt, uh, worked at Blockbuster back in the day. Um, so I used to get some deals on some uh, rentals and whatnot. But anyway, Joe, continue your point. That's okay. It just shows, and you want to talk about versatility. You got versatility within the same movie, the same character, the two sides of him, and how he was able to manipulate the system. But in a way... You, you you think geez he just manipulated the, i'm not going to give it give anything away but you can say you can say well no wonder look what happened to him it involves the chicago clergy it involves and i'm not i am a catholic it just had the movie happens to involve some catholic clergy in the city of chicago and some 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 children uh in the you know altar boys and so forth and uh some of the things that happened and it's just a fascinating movie and a great bit of acting and a hell of a cast. And I just think it's my number one. And I think it should be number one, not for its popularity. Cause like I said, a lot of people probably haven't seen it yet, or it probably skipped right by them. People check that movie out. It's amazing. And it's got a hell of a cast. I mean, Richard Gere and, uh, Laura Linney, Laura Linney. I always thought she's from Ozark, right? I don't know where Laura Lenny's from, but I always just I, thought you, she I don't was. Think, yeah, I don't think you haven't seen the show Ozark, but if you haven't, it's a, it's an amazing show. It's highly recommended by a lot of people, including me. Um, I believe Laura Lenny is in that show. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of the same actress. And it's um, funny. But- it's funny, Sean. I just want to say one thing before I forget this. Uh, and this is just, it's not really off to the side, but uh, Richard Gere has done a lot of different stuff. And it just reminded me of a movie that he did that I'm sure a lot of people have never seen. And it was based on a true story. And anybody who loves dogs, anybody who knows me knows I love dogs. Dogs are like little kids running around. To me, a dog is tantamount to a toddler. I mean, how could you, anyone be? So, I mean, you got to love dogs and just the way they wag their tail and they, they have real personality. Anyway, there's a movie that Richard Gere did, and it's about a true story of a, of, the, of a college professor in Japan around the turn of the century, right, early 1900s, um, who owned a dog, and a dog was called, his name was Hachi, H-A-C-C-E, I believe, Hachi, um, but it's called Hachi, A Dog's Tale, and what it is, it's an Americanized version of this true story that happened in Japan about a college professor and his relationship with his dog, and I'm telling you, it's uh, mm, it's 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 uh, if you love dogs, it'll so get how to. How did how did how, how did the Hachi come up in your memory? What what uh? Oh, well, you can't forget that name, and it's a dog's tail, T A L E. Wait, right? so what did it have to do with Edward Norton? Well, um, it had to do with Edward Norton because we we're talking about Primal Fear okay. in the movie Primal Fear, Edward Norton um is is in jail right and his lawyer is richard gear yeah. yeah but i'm just and richard saying, Gere. Like, so just i'm quick, saying quick, how we, were you... talk, we, we went from i just went from primal fear to the cast of primal fear okay richard gear was one of the cast members yep right and i just i just out of the clear blue i wanted people whenever i remember to turn people on to the hot hachi yeah so it's okay. called hachi a dog's tail 
Richard Gere is in it. It's amazing if you love dogs, and it's based on a true story. Now, yeah, let me dude, come back I'm gonna, to I'm absolutely going to check that out. Yeah, try to, to have some Kleenex with your brother because, and you know me, I'm no pushover, but if you love dogs, it's, it's, it, and it's based on a true story. And you want to talk loyalty, how loyalty, you know, how loyal yeah, dogs they're, are. They're the best. Yeah. So, but that's it. Let me just run through them one more time. My top favorite, my top five Edward Norton movies for five illusionist four 25th hour three American history X two fight club one primal fear time's yours. Yeah. It's, it's, it's one of those things where last week we just, you know, I let you do your thing and give you a top five Pacino, but I like to give a little history about the actor. So Edward Norton was born in uh, Boston, I believe in 1969. Mm-hmm. I think he grew up in Maryland, actually not Boston. Um, that's what it says on the IMDb. But, uh, Literally, like, you know, his first big break was until 1996, and that was actually Primal Fear. That was, like, his first big break. And it's amazing that he had such a big role in this feature film, unless IMDb's not showing his other films, how he started. Um, and but, did he crush it, Sean? Did he crush oh that? God, yeah, yeah, that's Ugh. like... But then then he was in... Then in 1996, he was also in uh, People vs. Larry Flint. He was yes. in American History X. Then he was in mm-hmm. Rounders. One of my all-time favorite movies is Rounders. Is I, I love poker. I'm a poker player. Right. Um, a beginner at that, but I love poker. But I saw Rounders before I fell in love with poker. My friend was like, this movie is amazing. And he was playing poker. And like, I watched it. and didn't even need to really be in the poker to, to love it. But that movie, like, it, you know, it's, it's a phenomenal movie. Um, so then Fight Club was 99 uh he was in the score i'm surprised joe in your top five you didn't say uh death to death to smoochie wasn't in your top five i'm kind of shocked yeah i don't even think i've seen it i'm gonna i'm gonna watch it I, <laughs> I'm just, I, I'm, 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 oh, okay you're being really, funny with me really I'm, because, I <laughs> because i mean it's got a good, i'm pretty sure robin williams is in it uh yeah robin williams it's just a really weird movie um okay. but it's but like you know serious. you know i was right. just being completely joking around <laughs> I but, got uh, you. But then he was in Red Dragon. I actually saw Red Dragon in the movies. Um, that's a spinoff of a Han- of Hannibal. Uh, one movies, you know, uh, Twenty Fifth Hour. Hour. So it's like these actors. Just the common theme is like you find these actors and they don't really hit their their stride and their peak in their career until they're around thirty years old. And then thirty years old, they get rolling. And then they have a period of like a decade or so where they just have hit after hit. I'm not saying Edward Norton's not relevant these days because he is. He's obviously being more, he's picking and choosing what he wants to be in. He's at that level. He's a phenomenal talent and actor. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, he, he starred in The Incredible Hulk. And he played Bruce Banner. So he got the big role as the Hulk, right? Um, mm-hmm. But like, you know, if you just go through the, the decades and the career, um, he was in The Born Legacy. But then we're getting to the 2000s. He really slowed down in, in being an actor in movies. I, I, he probably was a personal decision. I'm not sure if he got married, had a family or what the story is. Um, he's actually a voice in a movie called Sausage Party. It's a Seth Rogen like uh animated movie, but it's like funny, it's for adults. Um, but I haven't seen that movie, I have to check that out. I haven't either. Um, but it's just one of those things, you know. Another movie he's in, which is actually supposed to be pretty good, called Motherless Brooklyn. What happens with me is I'm so obsessed with reviews. So if I like see reviews that like aren't the score that I want to be, and like you know, it's not worth my time. Mm-hmm. Even though it's probably, you know, it's subjective. I could really enjoy the movie because there's been several movies that I enjoyed. The reviews don't match up. I'll avoid the movie, but I really have to focus on different things like, okay, Edward Norton's a phenomenal actor. I'm going to see whatever he's in. I got to see what he's up to. Um, so I got to go back. I got to watch Motherless Brooklyn. Yeah, don't yeah. let anyone else make the decisions. That's the only thing I have against these 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 ratings and everything. And I know you like your ratings, and it's cool, and we all consult the ratings. But don't let the ratings be the be-all to end-all. Because many a times you like something, and it's got two stars out of five, and you like it. And that's all that matters. You know, sometimes the ratings are accurate, sometimes they're not. I would use them as a guide, but I wouldn't exclude anything just because of the rating. That's A. And B is... This motherless Brooklyn, I think I saw that, and I think I it was wasn't like a, a, a you know like a total knockout, but it was pretty cool. Uh, tell me about that one, so I see if it's the same one I remember. Uh, tell me a little bit about well, it. Do you have, have it at your fingertips? I have. I haven't seen it, but I'll, I'll look up the. Uh, the I swear I saw that about five years ago. Maybe well, it came out. It came out in two thousand nineteen. Okay. Okay. Uh, about three, three. Place and in, it takes place in nineteen fifties New York. A lonely private defect, detective afflicted with Tourette's syndrome. 
Yes. He tries to solve a mentor, uh, murder <laughs> of a mentor and his only friend. Yes. I saw, and it's one of those ones, if you're grading a paper, if you're a teacher, you're going to give it a solid B. You know, it's not an A, it's not an A plus, but it's a solid B and it's worth, it's worth, especially if you, if you like Norton. It's a good, I watched it. I remember the Tourette's now. Yeah, I remember it. It was a good movie. But like I said, he's been in a lot. And if, you know, that's why it's hard sometimes to give a top five, but that's why top fives are subjective. Yeah. But those were my top five. I appreciate you sharing for sure. Cause I, I really, uh, I'm enjoying this segment cause I'm learning, you know, what, what actors you like and what movies, you know, it kind of gives, take, takes me down memory lane, you know? Um, I go look at the IMDb. I see what they're in. I'm like, Oh my God, I saw that. I heard this movie. And then I learn a little bit about their, their history when they were born um, and that, things like uh-huh. that so and you never know what can branch like i just turned you on to exactly hachi. the hachi a dog's right. tail sean i know you love dog i love dogs just it, and the beauty of this one is not only is it moving it's based on something that really really happened and it's it's tremendous and it's um it's going to get you i can promise you that yeah um so we'll move on from now for now from uh the edward norton actor segment uh right. but it's one of those things where me and you are always talking about things like that annoy us, like our pet peeves. And, you know, what are some of your, we don't have to give a list, but like, what are some of your pet peeves, Joe? You know, we talk about this and, and I want to do this every time, but maybe every third or fourth, I, I, there's just things that, you know, you follow sports and you watch sports and, and you get this and you get this analogy and you get the paralysis by analysis. How many times have you heard this one where guys say, give me your Mount Rushmore of defensive ends. Or who's on your Mount Rushmore of, of, you know, quarterbacks or anything like that? I just wanted to take for a, for a second and ask you something. How many presidents have there been? 46, right? 46. How many faces are on Mount Rushmore? Four. Four or five, right? Four, right? So four out of 46. I mean, if it were 44, it would be 11%. It's like 11 and a half percent. All right. So you're talking about pick four guys out of 46. If I say to you, what's your Mount Rushmore of, of running backs? Do you know how many God darn running backs there have been? So you, you, I mean, I kind of agree with you on this. Like numerically, it's crazy. When people put you on the spot and want you to give them like lists, right? Like what's your Mount Rushmore? What's your, what's the all time great? And you're like, you have to rack your mind. You don't have a lot of time to think about it. And there are people walking around with like their Mount Rushmore and their list in their head already. And it's just automatic because they just say it, you know, that's what they know. But I'm not walking around thinking of like greatest and these lists and everything. And well, not only that, Sean, it's just the math. It's just like your Mount Rushmore of presidents. Okay. There have been 46. Uh, okay. I'll pick four of them. That's, you know, so it's about, it's 11 and are a you, half but percent. Are you more, are you more annoyed that? But if that you, let me finish the thought here mathematically. Yeah. If you're going to say, give me your Mount Rushmore, give me four guys that played quarterback that you're going to put up here. You're picking four out of, <coughs> out of several hundred. So it's ridiculous. So if you want to pick your Mount Rushmore of quarterbacks, right? You're going to, you're going to have on your Mount Rushmore. You're not going to have, if you're going to pick 11 and a half percent. You're going to have about 45 or 50 guys up there to represent that 11 and a half percent. I'm just saying ratio wise. It's so crazy. Are you, are you, is, is the pet peeve? Are you more annoyed that they're putting you on the spot? Are you more annoyed that like, they don't get that there's like more than like, you know, four? The, the latter. I'm really annoyed because it's such a ridiculous comparison to say, you know, geez, give me four guys. Well, I'm giving you four out of 46. That's 11 and a half percent, right? If you're asking me how many running, how many running backs there have been, probably really after decade after decade of all those teams and all those years, probably maybe over a thousand. So now I'm going to pick, you're asking me for Mount Rushmore running backs that have been maybe a thousand, right? Maybe even more. My Mount Rushmore is going to have to be a hundred guys, not four. You know what I mean? It's the math. It's the ratio. Okay. It's the ratio that's unrealistic. That's just one of my pet peeves that what if, if you're going to ask me. What if the phrasing was different? What if they say, what if they didn't say Mount Rushmore? They're, what if they're like, Hey, Joe, give me your top 20. Would that be more reasonable? That, that That's, that's more reasonable, but stop. Don't use Mount Rushmore. It's the tar- the phraseology of using Mount Rushmore as an example. Cause think about it again. You're, you got four, four presidents out of 46 men who've ever done it. 11 and a half percent representation, right? So if you're going to say, come over here in, in, you know, how many pitchers that there have been in baseball through the centuries, my, you know, through the, through the decades, excuse me, right? Through, through over the last century, how many pitchers in baseball? 
three, four, five, six, seven, eight hundred. I don't know, quite a bit. So eight hundred pitchers, and that's not an unreasonable. That may be a conservative estimate right there. Let's say it's eight hundred pitchers, right? <coughs> You're going to have ninety guys up on your Mount Rushmore. So it's just that the Mount Rushmore. I just wish they would do something different with that and stop using the frame, the phrase Mount Rushmore. Well, now, it's now the that ratio I know, that irritates the hell out of me. Now that I know that's one of your pet peeves. Um, if I ever want to piss you off, I have to have my arsenal now. I was going to say, Joe, what's your Mount Rushmore of fucking tacos? Or something? <laughs> and the only, that's a, let me let that go. It's just that, that thing. It's just like, Hey, Mount Rushmore is four guys out of 46 fellas. All right. Let's not use that anymore. If you want to say, give me your top 10 that you think say top 10 or whatever it is, top 20, whatever, but stop using Mount Rushmore. Cause it's a ridiculous comparison. Cause the ratios are way off. Now, my next thing is legacy. I have written down here. All right. Legacy. Let me tell you something. Back in the day, and I don't want to sound like an old curmudgeon, but back in the day, guys came in like Julius Irving and Magic Johnson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, right, and Robert Parrish and Isaiah. This is just basketball. I can go go to football, and I I, I could talk about it. But guys came in to their professional sport, and they came in, and what was on their mind was how they could improve themselves, right? with one goal in mind to take their team and to win a championship with their team okay they never even thought about what their legacy was going to be till they were retired now you've got guys coming in here who are rookies that are that are that are just overcome with and consumed with what is my legacy going to be i mean you want to talk about the most anti-team selfish arrogant it pisses me off to no end that these these kids come in here and what's on their mind is what's my legacy gonna be right it's like how many rings how many championships can i have man because if i go to this team and then i jump over to that team and i jump to that team i'm gonna have more rings and more championships under my belt for my legacy and i think that drives me insane I think I think I, I I don't think I know a lot of a lot of the guys who come in and made these leagues what they are are looking at this shit saying I don't believe that these guys you know we, you know they never even thought about their legacy till after they retired right it was an afterthought they were pre they they, they were consumed with I'm going to do what I need to do to help my team win championships for us these kids come in today Oh, I wonder how many championships I can win because what's my legacy going to be? It's disgusting. I can't stand it. Next issue. And I'll let you, 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 you can chime in on any of these later. I'm just going to run through my list, right? No, I'm just, I'm you just know what I mean? What's, what's, what's our legacy in the podcast game going to be? <laughs> Yeah, you say you're, you're okay. You're 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 doing the same thing you know, did before. Yeah, to the Low, best. It's okay. Yeah. I got you. you I got me, you. You give me low hanging fruit. You know, I know. I, you, I, I, know, I, you, know, I got you. Know, you. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. I know. But um, you know what I mean, Sean. And it's a valid point. It really yeah. is. I can't ever imagine. Never mind. I just can't. I can't do, ever imagine. Do you have any? Do you have any driving pet peeves when you're driving things that annoy you about other drivers? No, I'm not finished my list. Right. <laughs> okay. This this demeanor. I was just the other night when we talked about uh, the fella that came up behind the other guy and he pushed him, you know, um, on the Lakers. I forget his name. Oh, he's, Patrick he's, Beverly. Patrick Beverly. Beverly shoved Beverly's a little bit of a loose cannon, yes. But you know what? In this situation, the only problem I have with Beverly is he clipped this guy from behind. I do not have a problem with Beverly, Beverly knocking that guy on his ass or at least trying to. You know why? Because that guy was standing over another guy looking down on. You know, all this bullshit with these clowns that they go up and they, they go up and they slam dunk and they have to stare down the other guy. Julius Irving never did that. Uh, Michael Jordan never stared down the other guy. These guys go up for a routine dunk, and they have to come down and open their mouth real wide like I'm a badass, and then they have to stare at the guy that was defended. Okay, so you jumped three inches higher than me, and you're able to <laughs> slam on me. That means you're a, you got to stand there and stare me down like you're a badass. I just think it's a joke, and half these clowns are tall. Yes, they're tall, but they're about 100 and, 175 pounds 
you know, and they're six, four, then these aren't, these aren't powerhouses. These aren't, you know, they, they, I just don't get it where they, they think they're badasses and it's just, it's a joke. So I don't have any problem with Beverly. My only problem is he clipped a guy from behind. I wish he'd have come up to his face and knocked him on his ass. And that's what you get for standing over my guy. Cause you did not need to stand over him and humiliate him. Okay. Because we're not out on the we're not out on the goddamn playground anymore. I don't want to hear any bullshit about well that's how we do it here or that's how we used to do it there. You know what? That's why people get shot too when you're in the middle of a basketball game. How did someone pull out a gun and shoot somebody? Because it is stupid shit. All right, you play the game, you play hard. If you get if you dunk over somebody, you dunk over somebody. You don't stand there and stare them down or anything like that. That I, I just you can you really, tell it gets me it gets me yeah, aggravated gets a little really, bit. All right, let me just let me, yeah. Well, it is because it, it it drives. I can never imagine the the people who brought this these leagues to what they are and the real class. I can't imagine them doing stuff like that. Okay, and to me, I mean Julius Irving is not everybody's the but even magic johnson okay even parish even danny ainge who was a little antagonist prick is what he was on the court he was but he he didn't do i mean you just don't do that all right once in a while the guys would jaw at each other they jaw at each other but you just don't go in oh i just slammed over you you were playing defense on me i jumped three inches higher than you and i got the dunk off that means i'm gonna stand there and look at you or if you fall and you slip i'm gonna stand there and look down at you you're a punk ass is what they are anyway sometimes so, sometimes that you don't realize the backstory of these things sometimes throughout the game the other guy who He's standing over has been antagonizing him. He's been annoying him. He's been pestering him. Um, he's been frustrating that player and they're just taking all their anger out. And like the culmination of that dunk is kind of just stand over the guy and let him know that you just did that. I get why you're mad, but there's usually a backstory. Like they don't just do it for the hell of it. Most, unless they're just I'm going to say that you're right, that there, that I'm going to say you're right, that there's a backstory sometimes, but I'm going to say the majority of the time they're just, they're just, they, it, this part of the whole deal now. They just, they want to stare somebody down or they want to act a little too, you're standing there with their mouth wide open. Like, I'm a beast, man. I'm a beast. Well, first of all, you're seven, over seven feet tall, right? You know, I mean, if you can't dunk, then you you don't even belong on the basketball court if you can't. I mean, and so what? I mean, and that's another thing too. These guys, these guys are, I mean, listen, I'm six, I'm just, just a shade under six one. I cannot dunk, but if I could, I mean, but if I were that tall, I'd be tearing the rims down. But it's not a big deal. When you're that tall, you should be able to dunk. And really dunking a basketball when you're that tall is not worthy of people. I mean, you see these these guys dunking and the whole teammates are they're, they're rolling over each other. And, oh, my God, I can't believe what he just did. It's superhuman. Jesus Christ. What are you talking And Excuse me, Father, for saying the word Jesus Christ out loud. But, I mean, no, it's not that superhuman, dude. You're seven feet tall and you slam dunked on it. You know, if you lower the rim to eight feet, I'll be doing three sixties and slamming and i don't expect people to be going oh my god rolling over and falling it's just ridiculous it's a joke anyway so, now i'm done with that i just want to let's take not you do, let's not do all your pet peeves tonight let's let's okay. save some for a future yeah, episode because i like fine. i like how passionate you're getting about it but one thing you, know, you got me thinking about something that happened in the ncaa tournament last year mm-hmm. um, there's a player at a small school who made the tournament called bryant bryant university his name is peter kiss he's a white guy and he was, you know, show, showboating. He was playing Wagner, um, and he was showboating. He was. Oh, and incidentally, he, what I said applies to everybody, not just yeah. you know, not just oh, no, 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 no. It's white not, players, it's, it's Latino everybody. players, it's everybody. everybody. Yeah, okay, yeah. I'm, just, I'm just, I'm saying, I'm I just saying want to clarify. White guy because it's one of those things where there's not like a, a ton of good white guys in basketball at a high level, and they're they're certainly when they're good, they're not they're not being arrogant and cocky, and um, they're. They're, they're, they're just kind of like, you know, they're like being like white guys, basically not to, not to stereotype, but they're, they don't have as much personality and flair to their game. Not everyone, but this particular player, Peter kiss, he happened to be a white guy. And that's why everyone got a kick out of him basically because he was a white guy. He was on a small school. He played a smaller school who wasn't that good Wagner. And every time he scored, he was like flexing. He was getting super pumped up. He was like, he was taunting the crowd. It was even when he made layups, it was getting out of hand. It was, he was doing the thing that you just said. He was standing over people. Um, but everyone got a kick out of him because his name is Peter Kiss. Because the name Peter Kiss, you're like, okay, that's that's an interesting name, Peter Kiss. He's <laughs> white. He's in the NCAA tournament. He's in the spotlight. But then he's taunting all these players. Um, 
who you know they're 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 a lower level school like he is you know not like mm-hmm. he's anything special because he he couldn't even like make it at Rutgers and other he was he went to like two previous schools he wasn't really good enough for those programs to survive and thrive, um, and then he comes out of nowhere and then see a tournament is like taunting everybody, um, just you know just funny that you know you brought that up the pet peeves and this guy was like top my mind for someone who was doing that recently, um, but yeah, uh, one things that annoy me uh, about. Uh, pet peeves that comes to mind is is driving. A lot of things happen to be when I'm driving. Um, I don't like when people don't put their signal on. Um, I don't like when they have too much road rage. I don't like, I don't like when I'm in the left lane and I'm just passing somebody and I'm there for a second and I know I'm going to get back to the right lane. If someone's comes up behind me from the left lane, they got it. They have to get to where they're going. You know, it's the most important thing in the world. They tell me and they start honking at me and putting their brights on at me. Like I'm doing something wrong. It's like, I'll get over in a second. I'm, I have, I have road awareness. I'm going to get over as soon as I recognize that you have to get where you're going and I'm, I'm in your way. I don't want any trouble on the road, but just, it's funny that, you know, you're talking about pet peeves. So Joe's kind of like a joker and like, you know, sometimes. And one time I was on the phone with Joe, it was at night I'm driving home and there was a guy yeah. tailing me. There was I a guy remember. tailing me. Mm-hmm. And, he has, you know, it's at night. It's kind of scary when someone has their, even if they don't have their brights on, if their lights are on your rear view mirror, it's going to like blind you a little bit. And this guy was tailing me. It was, it was on a road. Where I had to be on the road for at least like 10 miles and he wouldn't get off my ass. And then I'm on the phone with Joe and I'm like, dude, this guy's tailing me. What the hell's going on? And you tell me that you just saw a news story where a guy had road rage. He, you know, he, another yes. driver was annoying him. And he gets out of the car at the traffic light, goes up to his car and like literally goes up to his window and like shoots him. Yes. And you tell me this, why this guy, well, this gentleman, whoever this was, was tailing me. And you put the thought in my mind where, you know, there's a possibility that some guy, the next, every time I was at the traffic light, I was nervous. I'm like, oh my God, I gotta lock my doors. I have the windows closed. Some guy could get up, you know, he can get up out of his car and come up to my window and like want to attack me. But it's just funny because you brought that up when I was driving that night. It was like, sometimes, right. sometimes, sometimes you-, you do. You know, you questioned the timing, but you questioned the time. We spoke about that about two weeks after that. And you questioned the timing. Like, why did you do that? But my point was, I wanted you, I wanted to tell you right then and there, because I didn't want you to um, overreact, maybe in anger. Like, why are you following me type thing and get no, involved? No, I would never do that. Yeah. I, I, but see, I didn't even want to take the chance. I wanted to bring it to your – I wasn't trying to scare you in that sense. I was trying to make you aware that, hey, dude – because you're saying this guy was tailing you. And and the first thing I thought of was I put myself in that car, like as you, in place of you. And I'm thinking, what would I want to do? I want to do right now, stay calm and not engage this joker. Why? Because road rage, you know, it doesn't matter how big, how small, how badass somebody is or anything. And you get someone with a temper and, and they have a firearm. And it could be all over. And and it, especially these days, you just you see it all over the news. It's just crazy. I, I've really, really because I used to get involved a little bit here and there. Of course, I'm getting older and I'm mellowing with age. But the more and more I'm seeing stories about road rage, the less and less I'm, I'm engaging. And sometimes it's very difficult. But my, my point is to get bring it back home, Sean. I was trying to make you aware. Hey, That's buddy. Good. Road rage is a real thing. Don't engage this joker. Get out of the way. Pull over to the side. If you remember me saying it. You certainly accomplished your goal because I was like scared. I was like, you got me. It was late at night. It was it was like, it was like, what the hell? You know, I don't Mm want to have this thought in my mind right now, but I know where you're coming from. You're looking out for me. I appreciate that. Yeah. And that's what that was. I wasn't trying to spook you out. Yeah. Um, So I want to bring up another topic with you. Um, Have you noticed when you're dealing with customer service lately on different various companies, whenever you have to call customer service, um, do you notice that they're not really like being as friendly and they're pushing back? They're not like, they're not pleasing the customer right away. When you say like, I'm going to leave the company. I'm going to, I'm going to go use another website. I'm going to use another app. I'm going to, I mean, I don't want to use your company anymore. And they're like, okay, do what you want. And they're not (laughs) like saying, come back, come back. We want, we want you. They're not giving you coupons. They're really just being like very like stingy lately. Have you noticed that? You know, I haven't I haven't been on the phone with customer service um with anything recently. It seems like that goes in in spurts where you're 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 making two or three calls in a matter of a month or two or you go the longest time without um and you know with automation these days, you know, for service here, press here and press for that and it's 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 not uncommon to just to do the whole thing with automation. Anyway, I haven't spoken to anyone recently uh but there again is something um 
a couple of times in my life I've flown off the handle when I felt that way though, Sean, because I have felt that way. I think we all have. Um, but recently I can't give you any recent report on it. Um, cause I had just haven't been, but there's nothing worse than, uh, than getting one of those folks that, uh, that, that gives you that feeling. Yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like, wow, I can't believe they're not like, just give me like a, a coupon or something, you know, something simple. They're really just like, okay, like, you know, do what you want or have a nice day. But back in the day that the general attitude was like, oh, you know, sir, 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 calm down. And it's like, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll take care of this. Now it's like, at least with a lot of different companies, it's like, you know, they're not, uh, yeah, let's give an example. Um, so zoom, the first podcast I recorded was the beginning of November. And during the podcast, I was using zoom. I was still new to it. I was trying to figure out what recording will be saved and all that type of stuff. Um, the cloud storage. And then while I'm recording the podcast, um, it says you have a 40 minute time limit. It's going to run out and I'm freaking out. I'm like, this is the first podcast. It has to go. Well, we got to get this released. I can't have anything cut off. So I go on zoom and I'm, as I'm talking do I, I had another co-host that day. It was the first episode. Um, it's going to be bonus content in the future if I release it, but let's just say me and Joe Thurman are doing a better job than that first podcast. There's a lot to learn, but um, I, you know, I, I basically ended up committing $60 to zoom while I'm on recording the podcast live. I clicked, you know, right. I, I have to have zoom pro. It has five gigabytes of cloud. It has this amount of unlimited recording time and this and that. And I can't really read all the features, but I'm like, okay, I get this. So, then, you know, I put it in my credit card information. I'm subscribing. Then I realize, okay, how, how many, how much, you know, space will the storage of these, of these recordings, how much space will it take up? How much do we need? Is five gigabytes enough? So then, I'm, then I click another thing. Next thing you know, I subscribe for 200 gigabytes per month. You know, we don't need nearly that much. We don't even need like 200 gigabytes in like two, three, four years. You know what I mean? Right. How much we're recording. Two gigs per so month. I committed wow. to $40 a month for $40 a month to have like 200 gigabytes. And then I realized after I'm like, oh my God, that's too much money. Um, you know. It's like, it's like, you know, I don't need all that recording space. How can I downgrade the plan? So you called their customer service. I called zoom the other day, but the guy basically said on the phone, first of all, the customer service, a lot of times what happens when you call customer service is you call, it's impossible to get somebody on the phone. Then you finally do. Um, And then with the situation, I finally got someone on the phone, but then they got, they disconnected. I lost the phone. I lost a phone call and they didn't have my number to call back or anything. You know, they didn't, it was all in my hands to take care of the situation. So um, you know, they, I called back. Then I had spent another twenty minutes to get a real person on the phone because the person was like, "Oh, this is the wrong department. We're sales. You got to go to billing for this." And I'm like, "Okay, just get me if someone can help me out." But they couldn't even give me a real answer. I'm like, you know, this sucks. I, I'm just going to use another podcast uh, platform if this can't be taken care of. I really don't feel like wasting my money. You know, I know it's only forty dollars this month, and I can downgrade. But I appreciate it. if you can if you could prorate what I paid. I was willing to commit to a whole year subscription of Zoom. Um. And if they could just prorate what I paid for the four, for the 200 gigabytes that I don't need. And they're like, oh, we, we can't do that, but we'll think about it or we'll get back to you. I'll talk to my manager. So literally an hour later, I get an email back saying, as per our conversation, we can't help you out. You subscribed on November 1st. It's already almost the end of November. And they pretty much gave me a direct, an answer. So he basically, I don't know if he lied to me in the phone. I don't know if he spoke to his manager right after, but there was no appeasing me. You know, I was willing to commit to a whole year of using Zoom. And there's other podcast uh, platforms like Riverside and whatnot, um, but it's it's a, it's one of those things um, where they didn't they didn't help me out. They said no. They didn't care that I wanted to subscribe for a year, and they gave me a generic email saying, "As per our conversations, we can't help you out." But that's you know another pet peeve in customer service. You know, pushing back now, but this is a simple request. So your like, pet. Your pet peeve is not is your pet peeve obviously is not just customer service in general. It's, it's your general... pet peeve is is these these really the half-assed, apathetic, um, you know those, those the 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 people in in customer service that do a really poor job, and we've it's all not, encountered. But I, but I always say that when I'm on the phone with customer service, I'm like, I know it's not your fault. I know you're just following orders. I know you guys are likely reading a script. But is there anything you can do for me? Can I speak to a manager? Um, so, you know, I know they're just, they're just playing their role. They're doing what they're, they're told to do. And they're working for a company. They want to keep their job. Every, every call is recorded and they can't go off script and say, listen, I want to help you out, but you can't, you know, they have to really stay in their, stay in the, stay in the zone. Um, so that, you know, those are just, those are just things that, are, you know, little pet peeves, but they kind of, there's a theme kind of a little bit, but, yeah. um, 
Um, I want to start doing a thing every week and every show. Um, if I'm still gambling, you know, but bad gambling beats of the week. So the most recent, this actually goes into customer service because I had to deal with customer service, but uh, my bad gambling beat of the week is um, I, there was a, on uh on FanDuel, it's a sports book. There was a promotion saying, if you place a three leg parlay, meaning three leg parlay, a parlay means you have to have multiple things that need to happen for you to win the bet. All of them have to happen for you to win. That's right. why the odds are usually really high. Once you combine all these things, like this guy has to score 15 points. This guy has to have six assists. You know, this, this team has to win by this amount of points. And if you get all those right, you win more money. That's It's a parlay. So I did a same game parlay promo for the World Cup. I placed a three-leg parlay on France, money line, France to win the game. Um, one of their best players, Mbappe, to score a goal. And also there, for there to be over 9.5 corner kicks. So Mbappe scored, France won, <laughs> but there was nine corner kicks. I missed it by 0.5 corner kicks. No That's one kicks. for Van Pelt. <laughs> yes, exactly. So I, so I was I was waiting to the end of the game. There was it was extra time. <coughs> Excuse me. It was extra time, and there was I was stuck on nine corner kicks, and the guy was toward the end line, and the ball went out of bounds. I'm I'm like, what the hell's going on? What the ref? Is it a corner kick? Is it a goal kick? And the ref calls a goal kick. I'm like, oh my god! Like you know, then the game ends, and I'm like, I didn't hit the parlay. But I hit two out of the three legs. And one of the things with the parlay was if you hit two out of the three legs of the parlay, they'll give you a free bet. Whatever you bet up to a certain amount, they'll give you the free bet. So this particular bet, I bet three, I bet $13. And I think I would have won like $70 or something like that. Um, but, you know, I never got credited the free bet. And it's been a couple of days now. It's supposed to be in your account within 72 hours. So I said so today I contact FanDuel's customer service. I'm like, what's going on? You know, why don't I have my free bet? So a friend of mine did the same bet. He has his free bet. And then the customer service person is telling me, send us a screenshot of the promotion. I'm like, send me a screenshot, send you a screenshot of the promotion. Like I'm busy right now. How It's your company. Can't you find out what exactly I bet on and what did I op, what bet I opted into? Cause you have to opt into these promos to be eligible for them. So I opted into it. Um, so like I had to find the screenshot of the bet. I'm like, how do you find the screenshot? I'm, I was at a, a movie. I was at the Fableman's. The movies are this, about to start. So I'm like, what the hell is going on? I just want to get this taken care of. Um, so long story short is, um, I, I didn't read the fine print of this, of this parlay, uh, promo. Right. I had to have at least plus 400 odds. I had plus 358 odds. I missed it by like mm. 40, 42 point, you know, 42 points. And it literally was a difference between like something so minute and so small, but I didn't have plus 400. So she's like, sorry, you know, you didn't have plus 400 odds. You had plus 358. And then I'm thinking, this is such an inconvenience and stuff. Like, can they give me like a $5 bet instead? Because I was supposed to get a $13 bet back. They didn't give me any bets back. And that goes in hand in hand with the customer servicing, which I said. I'm like, I, I said, I'm like, I'm going to go to another sports book. There's a lot of competition out there. I'm just going to go to another sports book. Um, I, I mean, I know that I, I technically I didn't read the fine print. I didn't do the right odds. I know I was in the wrong in this situation. But it was, it was the fact that I had to find the screenshot of the exact bet. They couldn't figure that out. Then I missed it by, you know, such a small margin. Um, and it was just one of those things. It was just a bad gambling beat. Um, and, you know, that's my, that's my bad gambling beat of the, uh, of the week. You know, I'm, if they had one more corner kick, then I would yeah, have won. I, I never, but I never would have been on the phone with customer service. I never would have been looking for my free bet. Um, so it's just one of those things, you know. But, uh, Let me just ask you this: Did you bet more than you could afford to lose? No, absolutely not. Good. I, I just I, like, I, I, like I always want to reiterate that for anybody out there listening yeah. to that's that's important. I got something I want to ask you. Um, you know, yesterday was Thanksgiving, and we're embark going to embark in the next four or five weeks on the holiday season, and you know what it means and what it used to mean and how people feel, and because it's 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 not a given that it's all cheery and everything like that. A lot of folks, for a lot of folks, they struggle during this this time of year. What's your what's your overall feel about like? not only just yesterday, like Thanksgiving, but the holiday season and, and how it compares and contrasts like, like real life to, to the thing that gets me a lot of times are these TV commercials that come on and everybody's hunky dory and lovey dovey and everything's great. And all the, I mean, the beautiful commercials of families getting together and, and people hugging each other and, and just everything is pristine and lovely. And that's just not how it shakes out a lot of times for a lot of folks. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where I love the holidays. I love the, the weather gets a little bit colder and there's going to be snow. 
mm-hmm. Christmas season. My birthday's also right around Thanksgiving. I like the lights. I like the decorations. But you know, when you when you're with your family, there's usually some dysfunction. There's usually some fighting and whatnot. Um, so it kind of kills the spirit a lot. I'll just say this: I'm not going to go into detail. But my birthday was the day before Thanksgiving, and right. I was somewhere around my birthday, around Thanksgiving. I'm not going to go into detail here, but someone got a birthday cake that was supposed to be for me. Um, but they didn't tell me that it was someone else's birthday coming up after my birthday, like a couple of days later. Right. So I said, okay. You have to share the cake. I'm like, okay, well, I'll share the cake. There's other people here. That's fine. You sure. Know, whatever. Cause every year I get a Carvel uh, ice cream birthday cake. Um, so I'm like, okay. So they put a couple candles in, they sing happy birthday to both of us. And I'm not really like super close to the other person who I was sharing my cake with. And the, you know, the whole thing like, blowing the candles out, but I was like, okay, I'll just go with this. So I had to make a wish, you know, blow out the candles, make sure I didn't blow out all the candles. And it was just awkward for me. Right. And then they had other desserts available and I didn't have any of the other desserts. And I'm thinking the whole time, like, you know, I don't, I'm not really hungry for this cake right now. I have a little bit, but I'm going to bring a slice home. If I can't bring the whole cake home, I'm going to bring a slice home later. And I thought that was fine. Damn straight. And it comes time to bring the slice home. The person who, who bought the cake got mad at me for asking if I could bring a slice home. You this know, is your home. birthday cake. It's my, it was supposed to be, well, every year I have my own birthday cake. So this year was a whole different thing. Like, like I said, the last, well, episode, even though you split it, it was still, you're taking, you're asking to take a chunk of, yeah, I just, I just want to take a birthday cake. That was your part of your I, birthday I knew, cake. I know right. There was over half the cake left, right? At least half the cake left. Mm-hmm. And I just want to take a little slice. And the person is saying, oh, it's going to melt on your way home. It's like, I want to give this to so and so. And I'm like, wow. you know, we're celebrating Thanksgiving. We're supposed to be thankful for all these things. It was my birthday, you know, that's right, right around the time of Thanksgiving. Um, you know, I, I didn't request the cake. I didn't request anything special. All I want to do is bring a slice home. And you talk about, you know, the, the holidays and everyone's supposed to be nice and grateful and thankful and cheery. And then this happens where I can't even bring a piece of birthday cake home. I know it was made out of ice cream, but if it melted, it melted. That was my problem. So, you know, it's just one of those things I felt like, you know, bringing up on the show and just saying it annoyed me without giving who the person was, the details, if they're a family, if they're a friend. Is your opinion on the situation the same as mine? Are you like, why couldn't I take a slice? Why couldn't he take a slice of, of cake home? Yeah, I, 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 it, it, yeah. And look, I, I don't, I don't know anybody or know the people involved. And I'm sure everybody's good people everywhere. And I, that's yeah. kind of thing here, you know, because you get involved with this. That it does seem a little bit weird. It, 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 it you know, if it were a situation where it was just a, a general cake or, or, you know, and you said, Hey, let me take exactly. Uh, but even then, what the hell? We're fam here, aren't we? We're, you know, that kind of thing. But this is, even though you, you, is half the cake, let's say half the cake was yours because you agreed to share it. You want to take a chunk home with you. I mean, what, what, what the hell is the, I, you know, and I, 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 I don't, I don't see where your request was, was outlandish. I, okay, I no, just I appreciate I just you backing up on this. I don't. And like I said, I don't know everybody and everybody, anything that I've ever, I've only had little indirect, you know, um, with, with some of the folks there that I always seem like nice folks and everything. So I don't know. I'll have all the answers this and that, but that maybe, maybe it was just that in the, maybe it was just, you know, th- this is what I'm talking about that, um, that y- you watch. And I think a lot of times it's the, the commercials or these movies on with, what do the ladies watch the Hallmark channel or lifetime or this kind of thing where you get this, these, these irrational expectations of what the holidays are supposed to be. And it all looks good on the screen the TV commercials and the movies and everything. It all looks good, but it's not reality. And if you know that going in, you can, you can work through it. But a lot of folks, you know, they, they, they get, they, they, they really have problems between, you know, Thanksgiving and, and the first day of the year because not just because of the commercials, but because sometimes the, this time of year is, is really tough for folks. It, it, it really is. I mean, I, I'm the, I, 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 my, I, you know, I have situation where I just, um, sometimes it gets to me because Christmas isn't what it used to be. And I find myself, I know you have to live in the moment and you can't look back in this, but it's easier said than done. And a lot of times, you know, this time of year, it's like you think about the Christmases past and, and the people who, you know, in your family who are gone and, and it's just tough. It's just tough sometimes. And you try to work through it. Everyone goes through it. Um, but sometimes I think 
and, and when you're a kid, Christmas is magical, you know. And the old, it's, it's very, it's very, uh, it's glorified in the media and online and commercials and TV and advertising. Yeah, it's and all, that kind it's of all cheery, but 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 the, here's what I'll say: they don't the, show you the, the ass fang, end of it. The fang a little <laughs> yeah. bit. You, yeah. you you will see in these funny Christmas holiday movies, you'll, you'll see the dysfunction of the families. It's very clear. They do show that, but when they're showing commercials and stuff, they're not going to always show the dysfunction because they don't have time to. It's just like, let's, let's, let's promote Christmas. Let's get people to go out and shop. It's all about making money. The season, it's a moneymaker. You know, the holidays although, are moneymakers. So. Although, Sean, I had to say, <laughs> there was a commercial on the other day. There was a commercial yesterday. I, I have to give them credit. I, I think it was... I think it was one of these insurance companies. I think it was maybe the one with the cute girl, progressive, maybe, you know, the, the, I forget the name of the girl, the act, but it, they have always did, had, did they, did they do a scene from the Christmas story? The, the no, this okay. was something rather by this, they're saying, but, you know, but this time, you know, today, and it's, 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 um, you know, it's, it's Thanksgiving and, and uh, this happened, that happened. And of course now it was probably time for the family debate. I saw two guys and one guy strangling the other guy. <laughs> right, so they, they kind of they kind of get it. They get yeah, they get yeah, it. yeah, yeah. So sometimes it's you know, but it's just one of those things that that, that it, this time of year can really spur up um, a lot of emotions in people, and okay, so things aren't always great. We're gonna end this sh- uh, show here very soon. I'm glad everyone's still tuned in and still listening, um, Joe. Uh, we just did a show on Monday, but have you had any cheat meal since Monday? Oh, uh, let me see. Um, two Even if it's not a cheat meal, what what's like one like you? Isn't today your Friday thing? Or what do you get like a sandwich on Fridays or something? Well, you know, it's a semi cheat. It, it's a little, it's a little Friday chippy, maybe I call it. It's because it's um um long. Well, it's it's. I would do a turkey sandwich and we say turkey after, after, you know, I love turkey. And so I got turkey and provolone, um, with, with a little bit of mayo on marble rye from Wawa. It always tastes better from Wawa. I don't know how with extra meat. I always get double meat. Right. And I do the, uh, um, the cheese crackers, a little peanut butter and cheese crackers with it. Big Philly soft pretzel. And that doesn't sound like much, but I, it's enjoyable. I love it. And it's not that bad. None of this stuff is so bad, really bad so far, right? So you got the, the sandwich, a little bit of mayo, not a lot. You got some cheese. Provolone's not that bad. And you got the peanut butter crackers. And you've got the um, soft pretzel, which is okay. Some people can get really crazy. Oh, it's carbs. Oh, yeah, it is carbs, but come on. All right. <laughs> it's not bacon for, you know. It's And then for dessert. Uh, a little bit decadent, but not too big. Wawa, and from their bakery, the big chocolate chip cookies. Just so it's a sem- I call it a little semi chippy. It's not a big fall off the wagon, so to speak. To, but it's a little something, something, you know. So, um, as far as the cheat meals, though, I can't can't report on anything. Talk to me in a few days, and <laughs> it's going to change. I promise you. <laughs> but um, you know, I've already got my football uh, Sunday thing all. It's not anything fancy. I'm not going to give it away. I'll, I'll wait till the, when we have another show Monday or Tuesday. You can ask me what I did for Sunday cheat me or whatever. It's not a real expensive thing at all, but it's really it's it's something um, that I've just always loved, and uh, it's very something very simple but good, damn good. Uh, but I'm a simple kind of guy. I, you know, I don't have to have pheasant under glass. I don't have to have. You know, yeah, filet mignon. You know, this and that. You enjoy the little things in life, and you know, simple pleasures. And if, if you know, music, that's right. Music makes you feel a certain way. You like certain music. Food makes you feel a certain way. You like you like certain food. It's a personal preference on your food and music type thing. Um, you know, you might go out and talk about you know describing you know the Wawa and the details, and everyone might be like, "This guy, I just had." Someone might be listening, and like, "I just had caviar. I just had a." a D shell lobster. I just had a deconstructed, whatever. It's like, this guy's talking about a fucking like Wawa, like it's a fucking five-star restaurant. You know, if that guy, all, all, all things, you know, I would tell that guy, fuck off because let Joe, Mr. Thurman, enjoy his cheat meals, enjoy his simple pleasures in life. And I'm sure a large percentage of our audience, I know some people do, because some people have asked me like, ask Joe more about his cheat meals and his food. Cause you get really passionate about it. So sure. I, I appreciate you sharing. And thanks. And, and you know what? Let, let me just make something clear too, that if we were to sit down and you're saying, Hey man, 
I've got a nice chunk of filet mignon here with some some au jus, and I've got some some more gratin potatoes that are there. Hey, let's rock and roll. I'm I'm hip, you know. I'm hip. I'm not going to say I don't. But what I'm saying is, I'm a father son. If you knew my old man, you you know, you know. I mean, it's just it's just the way he, you know, just we. Uh, and really, with food, sometimes the simpler the better. And sometimes there are folks that come from a lot of ritzy backgrounds and a lot of, you know, reche and this kind of thing. But then they turn around and they, they, they enjoy, they say, wow, I never knew this was that good. You know, you know, I never, so it's not always, um, yeah. sometimes it works the other way around too. And, um, um so I just want to uh, end the show on this real quick. We didn't talk about a ton about uh, our teams today. And that's okay. Not every show is going to be heavy on sports and specifically about our no, teams. No, as a matter of fact, I know the, the Cowboys nice did break beat the is Giants. refreshing. The Cowboys did beat the Giants on Thanksgiving yesterday. Um, they didn't make it easy for the fans. You know, you never – the whole – you know, Dak threw a couple of interceptions in the first half. And, you know, it was one of those things where, you know, the Cowboys always uh, make things interesting. But I'll just quickly ask you, Joe. They're pl- the Eagles are playing the Packers Sunday night. Um, Aaron Rodgers versus the Eagles. Eagles are, I believe, are nine and one right now. The Cowboys are eight and three. If they lose to the Packers, man, are you a little bit scared of the Cowboys? I'm scared of the Cowboys now. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you and say that I think they're. I I don't think they're better than us yet, but I think they can beat us. I think they can. Especially what's got me concerned is the way that we've been playing the last. We, I mean, the Eagles have been playing the last three weeks. So I need to see them. I'm tired of excuses, man. I'm tired of all. I told you last, I was tired of the well. We weren't really, we just, we, we, we just weren't really ready for the Texans. We couldn't get up for that game. And we had a long layoff and blah, blah, blah. And then, oh, well, so we had someone had, we had to lose our first game to someone. We just weren't sharp. We had some mistakes. We fumbled the ball. That's all true. But every week, the last three weeks, it's been these, I'm tired of it. I need to see them kick it back into gear and to show me they're the team that they were the last, the first eight games of the season. Okay, but um, I am concerned about Dallas now. Dallas, that being said, about Dallas, do I think they're they're forty to three better than Minnesota? Hell no, not by any stretch of the imagination. They were that day, and then they showed you for uh, damn near three quarters yesterday that they're you know they're they're you know they're not infallible. They're 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 very they're they're susceptible to some things did here. You, did you, you see know. Uh, that one? Uh, past the CD Lamb, the end zone that everyone, you know, they had to review it to see if it was a touchdown. Did you happen to see that by any chance? Um, let me see which one. Um, it was, it, they didn't, I'll put it like CD Lamb thought he caught a touchdown and he made oh, a yeah, 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 yeah. The heel, they said, the heel. like, they said the they heel. heel, you know, they had the toe down. You have apparently you have to have the heel down too. So it's like that was a hell of a catch. It's just a shame to see that not be a touchdown because it was a spectacular catch. And well, like, it was a hell of a good catch, but you also. Um, I saw in the opening drive when they took it, and I'm just saying, I'm, I really am saying, if I'm a referee and I'm watching the game and I'm I'm watching the offensive line to make sure that on a passing play, one of these offensive linemen doesn't get downfield, and he's got one foot, he's got one foot, literally one shoe over the line, and it's 30 yards away from the play, and he gets right back, so he was only over that for a split second, and it. I could look the other way because it didn't have anything to do with the play at all. I can't blow the whistle and take a touchdown away from the Giants because of that. Now, if he's five yards downfield, even three yards downfield, I got to blow the whistle. I got to throw the flag. So I, that was that was very weird. So they took a touchdown from the Giants. They settled for a field goal. There's four points. And if you fast forward into the third quarter, there was one play. Everyone in the United States of America, who knows what the hell a football shape like, uh, saw this play where it was a drive killer. It was it was third and like twelve for the Cowboys. Uh, and he hits, uh, he goes, Dak goes to hit, and he was like at the 20-yard line. So if they don't convert the third down, they're going to have to settle for a field goal, right? He sees uh, down the hash mark, down the seam, he sees C.D. Lamb. He throws it. It's three yards over his head. It wasn't going to be caught. They go back, and they call some phantom play on that D-back that was covering uh, C.D. Lamb on the play. A, a foot off the line of scrimmage, he brushed up against them, and even the announcer said, 
I don't see any hold there. What the hell? I, I don't. I don't know. I even and one of the announcers bear I bear in mind is a former referee, and he goes, "No, I, I can't see it there either. I don't know." Now that was a third and get off the field type of. Now what happened was they called them for five yards. They give them five yards and automatic first down. It keeps the drive alive. They wind up scoring a touchdown. They get seven points instead of three. There's another four points. There's four points on one end, four points in the other end. The difference in the game eight points really weird but anyway I, i'm just saying yeah. and look dallas is better than the giants there's no two ways about it this giants team though you better watch them we all better watch them because they're sneaky but um yeah i need to see the eagles start playing more like yeah. they did the first let's, eight weeks and if talk- they do i think they can handle the cowboys let's, if the eagles don't get back to where they were they're going to have problems with the cowboys wait, we'll so have awesome. uh we'll have another episode uh likely today's friday night We'll probably be recording our next episode on Monday night, um, the day after most of the NFL games have taken place, probably during Monday Night Football or even after it. But um, we'll have post-game reactions to at least the Eagles game. Mm-hmm. We'll have more in-depth analysis about some other sports. Yes. Um, but tonight's show, uh, I thought the time, uh, we're right around an hour or so. Uh, so we're going to wrap it up. But I just want to say I'm happy everyone's listening. You stuck with us. I believe this is the sixth episode. Um, it's on Spotify. It's on Apple, it's on TuneIn Radio. I'm on Twitter at SeanMatthew13. I'm on Instagram at SeanMatthew13. Um, I'm also doing food reviews. I'm releasing those slow. I'm more focused on the podcast right now. Um, but I'm really happy everyone listening uh, has listened and keeps listening. Um, Joe, I'm so happy to have you as a co-host. I'm so appreciative. Um, thank you for another thank show. Thank you, sir. Friend. Happy to be here with you. Take care, everyone. Take care. Bye-bye.